What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It is your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and we are here today to check out our random magic card. Let's go ahead and take a look. We're going to press everybody's favorite button, the random card button. And uh, as always, the show is brought to you by my lovely wife, who puts up with my crap, even though I'm just loving playing a silly card game and making a lot of noise at odd hours in the day. Um, yeah, anyway, just big old thanks. Here we go, random card, what do we got? For episode number 23, we have Nylea, God of the Hunt. All right, so this is in, so this is the original Nylea from Theros, the very first Theros block, and Theros is a legendary enchantment creature god who costs three generic and a green. She is indestructible, and as long as your devotion to green is less than five, Nylea isn't a creature. Other creatures you control have Trample, and you can pay four. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Okay, that's rock solid. Now, with a lot of the gods that we've seen, it's, it's kind of cool that this came up because we have um, the new Theros, uh, Theros Beyond Death. As of, as of this recording, it's the newest set that has come out. And we have a number of different cards in there. And one of the things that I've heard people comment on over and over and over again is the fact that Nylea does not have reach. And I assumed they were talking about the new Nylea, because to be honest, I, I wasn't familiar with the older one. Um, Theros hit during a time when I wasn't really playing the game. Um, and so this is actually, I know while it's everyone's return to Theros, for me, this is actually my first go around. I'm, you know, I've been aware of it. I knew some of the story going in and I'd seen some of the older, older cards, but I wasn't really you know, I wasn't invested in the old gods. So to be honest, I had assumed that the previous Nylea had reach because people keep kept commenting on it. Well, looking at this card, she doesn't. She doesn't have reach at all. She's an overrun effect. Now, the reason that that is noteworthy and the reason that that's so funny, and I, um, at least I find it funny, is because reach, historically, there, there are two different types of creatures that get the ability reach uh, for new players reaches the ability to block a creature with flying, even though the blocker itself does not have flying. Um, so they don't attack as though they have flying and affects the target creatures that have flying do not hit them or cannot hit them. However, they can block creatures with flying. So, and it's greens. It's one of the keyword effects that we see a lot on green, mainly because green hates flyers. That's just kind of a thing. They're all about the ground apparently. And so, historically throughout the game, there are two type of types of creatures that get reach. You have really, really big creatures, or creatures that are justifiably in the air, um, or creatures that are like in the tops of trees. That's why so many spiders have reach. That's why um, things like Arboreal Grazer has reach, because it's in the treetop is kind of the idea. Um, also, you have like flummoxed cyclops, which has reach, which um, is, is actually maybe not a great example because it's one of those creatures that when you look at it, you don't assume it has reach, but it's really, really big. It's tall is the idea. So, okay. Meanwhile, you have some other cards that are just really freaking tall, like Croson, Cloudscraper, Croson, uh, Colossus. Those don't have reach, but for some reason, you know, they look as though they'd be significantly larger than flummoxed cyclops. Anyway. So, but the idea is you got really, really big creatures, really, really tall creatures, uh, creatures that live in elevated places like the tops of trees, that type of thing. The idea is like flyers would be maneuvering around them, and so they're you know up there and they're able to able to get at them. The other type of creature that is often depicted as having reach are archers. You know, so creatures that have 
bows and arrows, which makes a lot of sense because when your weapon is is a projectile, you can launch it into the air and hit something that's flying above you. You know, presumably it's a lot harder to do that, um, you know, rather than like hitting a target on the ground, but they don't, thankfully the difficulty factor doesn't come into the rules text because that would get really complicated really fast. But archers generally can strike creatures with flying. You, you see that a lot, especially in green. There are a lot of elven archers that have reach, and the reach seems to be their main, um, like the main differentiator between them and the their the other. I don't know if the art the art depicts the bow very prominently. That often means that it has reach. So. You know, again, not always, but it, that is very common. We see it a lot. So here we have a situation where Nylea has both a bow and she is towering above the treetops. So she's really, really, really big. So presumably, I mean, actually in the picture, I'm going to go ahead and zoom in here because this is the original art from Theros. So we have Nylea standing over, standing over the forest. I mean, the the canopy of the treetops comes up to about her mid-thigh, and she is aiming a bow and arrow at an upward angle. So she's clearly hitting something that is even higher than herself, or something really, really far away. And in the picture, in the image, there are a bunch of birds flying around her. So clearly illustrating to us that she is at the same level, the same height, as creatures with flying. And because of the angle at her bow, it clearly shows that she can strike creatures that are above her. <laughs> so the fact that she doesn't have reach is just absolutely absurd. And here I thought this was a new thing from the newest um, set. And no, this has just always been the case. Why doesn't she have reach? I, I don't get it. You know, and the difference... I mean, to the point where... If I wasn't having this moment right here, if I wasn't familiar with this card and I saw my opponent play it and I had a flyer down and their devotion was in such a state that Nylea was a creature, I would just assume and not attack into her. You know, like, I, th this, that's such an obvious thing. I wouldn't even bother asking. You know, I just wouldn't do it. But no, she does not have reach. Um, that's bizarre. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't check out. And you know what? And I don't think that's a game design issue. Um, I feel like that's an art direction challenge. I mean, the artist did a phenomenal job. Um, I don't, I'm not besmirching the artist whatsoever. It's uh, Chris Ron or Ran. Um, no, he did a phenomenal job. This is a beautiful piece of art. It's very powerful, huntress. It's definitely, um, you know, the image of a god of the hunt, this is exactly what you would expect. You know, like, I, it, it, I'm, yes, 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 yes. You know, she's kind of, yeah, el generally elven features, she's green, wild hair, um, you know, the leather armor. Of course, it's a fantasy, and she's a female character, so it's covering almost none of her, but that's another discussion for another day. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't mean to go there. Anyway, but, She's got this big bow, it's very ornate, the arrow, you know, and she's glowing with that very Nixian energy that we've come to associate with the gods of Theros. So it all checks out. It's very powerful imagery, it's a great, you know, it's it's a beautiful piece of art. Um, so I don't, I wonder 
if it made sense for the art direction to show the bow so prominently or to show her being so ridiculously large. I mean, all the gods are really big, though. So I don't know how you would... I don't know how else you would depict this particular god given the cycle, given how they function. You know, she's obviously got to be big. She has to be um, worthy of devotion, you know, flavorfully speaking. So, you know, all kind of awe-inspiring. So I guess it all kind of checks out. So I think the easiest way to to remedy the situation, the easiest way to make it all just click and coalesce is to give her reach. You know, I wouldn't want to change her abilities too much. I mean, unless it was instead of giving all other creatures, or even then it's other creatures you control have trample. So there's no reason that in the text box here, it couldn't say indestructible and then like right underneath it reach or even indestructible comma reach. And, you know, I don't know why you couldn't put that on the same line. Anyway, it's kind of, there may be a rules reason behind that. I'm not exactly confident about that. Yeah, so all in all, I mean, it's um i just i can't get over that i can't get over the the lack of reach it's just really distracting but that is what it is let's go ahead and move on from there so she is indestructible as all the the theros gods are which is you know rock solid of course there are a whole bunch of exile effects nowadays so that is you know it you can work with that or work around it if you're the opponent um and just the fact that it gives all other creatures trample that's actually really cool i like that a lot because that effect can be really important and really powerful in a number of situations you know cards like overrun that give all your creatures trample and then buff them are very powerful the one thing about nylea that i don't love is that the um her secondary ability the mana sync ability where you can pay four and give a target creature plus two plus two four is an awful lot for just two so that's not great. You can target her, though, so that's kind of cool. Um, although she does not have trample. And actually, I'm realizing that this design where she's giving everything else a buff, uh, but she herself does not get it, is very similar to the new Perforos, because he gives all, all of your creatures haste, except he himself does not have haste. So that's interesting. And when you use him to cheat in a Cavalier Flame, the Cavalier Flame gives him haste and everything's fine. But anyway... Um, yeah, so I mean, I feel like the four is just a little too expensive. In limited, this thing is a freaking bomb, just because having a late game mana sink that powerful. Plus, I mean, g- drafting green, you're gonna have a lot of creatures. The devotion is gonna be there, and then you can give them all trample. I mean, that's money. Oh, but of course, it's it's not a hot take that the Theros gods are good in limited. You know, she's definitely clearly playable in constructed formats as well you could very easily build a mono green commander deck around her as well because having a universal trample coming out of your command zone for four is awesome and on top of that just the fact that then in the late game if you have the mana to burn those additional two points of damage that you can add or the two toughness that you can add um, it was a way to potentially get around board wipes if people are using um effects that like hit for damage you know if people are trying to use like storm's wrath um you know or those kinds of effects to wipe out the board then you can potentially buff a creature up so it's big enough so it doesn't die you can um you know obviously you can assign additional damage on your attackers there's all kinds of great options 
with with her. She is a very good card. Um, I mean, she's a mythic rare. She's one of the gods. She's one of the major monocolor gods from Theros. Yeah, of course she's going to be good. There's no question that she's that she is very good. Um, but yeah. All in all, uh, of all the gods, you know, she's definitely not the one I'm reaching for consistently. That said, with how good green is, I mean, even as a four drop, I mean, you could pretty consistently, depending on the format you're running, you can pretty consistently get her down on turn three, if not even turn two, if you do it right. So, I don't know. This is interesting. It's a, I don't know. She's a, she's a solid card. Pretty cool. There's a lot to talk about. And uh, where where does it say reach? It really needs to say reach. Why doesn't it say reach? Archers, archers hit. Archers have reach. She's clearly an archer. Why doesn't she have reach? I guess that's the bottom line. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. If you take nothing else from this episode, why the hell doesn't Nylia have reach? <laughs> All right. Um, let's go ahead and scroll down too. Let's see if there are any any rulings to speak of. Oh my. All right, there are quite a few, actually. So I guess we need to strap in here. A number of them came from 2013, and then there was a new rash of them, actually, from just a couple weeks ago, which is pretty interesting. So from September 15th, 2013, numeric mana symbols, uh, meaning the generic ones, so like 0, 1, so on, in mana costs of permanence you control don't count towards your devotion any color. Okay. Mana symbols in the text boxes of permanence you control don't count towards your devotion to any color. Got it. So these these rulings were specifically around devotion and presumably are available. Um, I would imagine that these rulings, as they are, uh, were printed on or were attached to every card with devotion that was printed in Theros. That makes sense. All right. Uh, hybrid mana symbols, monocolored mana symbols, and Phyrexian mana symbols do count towards your devotion to their colors. If an activated ability or triggered ability has an effect that depends on your devotion to a color, you count the number of mana symbols of that color among the mana costs of permanence you control as the ability resolves. Uh, the permanent with that ability will be counted if it's still on the battlefield at that time. Okay, that's interesting. The type-changing ability that can make a god not be a creature functions only on the battlefield. It's always a creature card in other zones, regardless of their devotion to its color. It's always a creature spell while it's on the stack. Now that, I want to point out, actually was from that that last ruling regarding the creature types, and uh, or the card type in the different zones. That one was actually from January of 2020. January 24th, 2020. Um, I find it really fascinating that that had not come up prior to this, or at least not in a meaningful way, uh, with just, I really find that fascinating given how, given how many card type specific tutors there are and how many different combos there are that depend on accessing different types of cards. Um, just the reanimator, I mean, reanimator, the fact that you can reanimate the gods is something that I think is worthwhile, even if you don't have the devotion. Heck, you could be running a mono black deck, and if you have a way to discard Nylea into your graveyard, you could hit her with reanimate the, the spell, the sorcery for one, get her out of the field. Uh, you know, it costs four to do that, but now all of a sudden you have an indestructible enchantment that's giving all your creatures trample. So there are better payoffs for that, for sure, but at the same time, you could do it. Anyway, so I'm surprised that that never that, that ruling didn't come up. It, 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 a ruling was not necessary in the past, and it is necessary now. So that that I find interesting. All right, moving on down the the rules chain here, we've got 
As a god enters the battlefield, your devotion to its color will determine whether any replacement effects that affect creatures entering the battlefield apply to that god. Because replacement effects are considered before the god is on the battlefield, the mana symbols in its mana cost won't be counted when determining this. Whoa. Alright, I didn't follow that. Let me go ahead and try that again. As a god enters the battlefield, your devotion to its color will determine whether any replacement effects that affect creatures entering the battlefield apply to that god. Interesting. Okay, so if a spell or if an effect is on the battlefield and it impacts, well, it's a repl- whenever replacement effects that affect creatures. So if something would trigger upon a creature coming into the battlefield it depends on whether or not the whether or not it's a creature as it enters the battlefield um that's interesting if i'm following that correctly now the fact that it says replacement effects specifically that is something that i do wonder uh about that anyway that's interesting that's uh yeah Let's keep going. This might, this might be answered. Um, when a god enters the battlefield, your devotion to its color, including the mana symbols in the mana cost of the god itself, will determine if a creature entered the battlefield or not for abilities that trigger whenever a creature enters the battlefield. There it is. Okay, so when you are playing the god, including the mana symbols... Okay, got it. So the previous one is saying that if a spell or ability would trigger upon... A, a creature entering the battlefield, um, something like, well, I'm trying to think of a good example, and I'm not coming up with any, but the idea of, like, if a creature would come into the battlefield, something else happens instead, um, you know, where, I, yeah, I'm really struggling to find a good, to come up with a good example, but if it, if it would replace the creature coming into into play, like if it was a an ability where when you played a certain or when a creature came into the battlefield, it, you know, the, the owner took it off, you know, shuffled into its library and revealed cards until it hit one. I feel like those are out there. Anyway, um, those are impacted, or those occur only if it's coming in as a creature with without counting its own devotion, which is interesting. Meanwhile, if there's a, an ability that triggers upon a creature entering the battlefield, that is also dependent on whether or not it's a god. However, that does get to count the god's mana symbols. It, yeah, that's really interesting. All right. Presumably because it's going to check when... Yeah, well, I'm, okay. That's something that I need to bone up on that because um, I want to be able to make sure that I'm providing you guys with the right information. All right, so moving on down the line, if a god stops being a creature, it loses the type creature and the creature type god. It continues to be a legendary creature. Okay, cool. So if I have just enough devotion for Nylea to be a god and you try to target it with something and I was able to sacrifice like Alanoir elves, drop my devotion down to four and all of a sudden she stopped being a god, then your effect fizzles and can't be counted. Okay. Meanwhile, same thing happens if um, I'm trying to use an effect that forces me to target a god for any reason. Like, if, if I'm only able to hit creatures with the type god, then losing the devotion and it going back to an enchantment is a way of fizzling that. So, okay. Cool. Interesting. Alright, um, next up. The ability of gods functions as long as they're on the battlefield, regardless of whether they're creatures. Okay, sure. Otherwise, they'd be useless. You know, um, otherwise they would be nowhere near as good. I wouldn't say useless, but 
basically the way that they function right now is just they are enchantments if you don't have the devotion. And that makes sense. And that is what it is. All right, cool. So go, moving on down the line again, we have three left. So let's power through these. If a god attacking or blocking... One more time. If a god is attacking or blocking and it stops being a creature, it will be removed from combat. It won't rejoin combat if it resumes being a creature later during that combat. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. So spot removal that your opponent can use to kill other permanents that have the mana symbols that are giving you the devotion is a way to remove a god from combat. That makes sense. Counters put on a god remain on it while it's not a creature, even if they have no effect. That makes good sense, because there are a number of cards that allow you to put plus one, plus one counters on, like, anything. And so, the fact that you can put counters on a god and it stays on an enchantment makes sense. I've had some weird interactions where uh, I have ended up having one-on-one counters on my lands, you know, because they were creatures temporarily. Like, that kind of thing happens. So, the fact that it's an it's a, a, a counter that will not affect it as a... Um, yeah, that all makes sense. Actually, the new Heliod allows you to just directly put plus one, plus one counters onto enchantments. Presumably, that way you can put them directly on Heliod, even if you don't have the devotion to make him a creature. So, yeah. That new Heliod, by the way, freaking amazing. Just very, very good. Um, and then finally, the last, the last one. If an effect causes a god to lose all abilities, its ability that causes it to stop being a creature still applies if appropriate. Huh. So, the way that I'm reading that is, if I have something like Ichthyomorphosis that turns turns an opponent's creature into a 0-1 fish and it loses all abilities, it will not lose. So, the, the, uh, the ability that says... As long as your devotion to green is less than five, Nylea isn't a creature. That ability, if I'm understanding correctly, that ability doesn't go anywhere. So that ability will stick around. Um, that I, I don't fully understand that. If an effect causes a god to lose all abilities, its ability that causes it to stop being a creature still applies if appropriate. So does that mean... Now, what I what I don't understand there is, so if it's a creature and I hit it with Ichthyomorphosis, remove all of its abilities, does it stop being a cre? Does it stop being a creature at that point? No, it doesn't stop being a creature. It would remain a creature, but if its devotion dropped below five after that hit, does she go back to being just an enchantment? And does she stop being a creature, or does? Yeah, or, yeah. Or the the flip side of that is, if it she's an enchantment, you know, so she's not a creature. They don't have the devotion, and I hit her with something that eliminates her abilities. Those things definitely exist. So, you know, I slap something down that prevents or that that removes all abilities. What I would imagine is if all it did. Now, those effects usually involve tapping some tapping a permanent down or turning it into something very small and innocuous, but if it just said, you know, if it was like an enchantment that I could put on any permanent and it said, this permanent loses all abilities that aren't mana abilities. So I can throw that down on Nylea. She's an enchantment. The way I'm reading this is she would stay an enchantment. Like that doesn't 
cause that ability to drop and therefore make her a creature. Which, with the way it's worded, where it's as long as your devotion to green is less than five, Nylea isn't a creature. That's because her default mode, the way that she's printed on the card, she is a creature. So I think that, that's that's the idea there. Um, yeah, so I guess there are some nuances to that last one. Um, so it sounds to me like the way that that would work is she would remain whatever type she was when the abilities were stripped off of her. That's my interpretation of that ruling, but I'm not confident of that. So that is weird. That is an interesting situation. Um, and that is one of those where if I'm in a tournament kind of setting and I hit that, I would definitely call a judge. And heck, if I was just in a casual setting with my friends, I would at the least look over at another friend who wasn't invested in the game and go, Hey dude, can you look at this? Um, cause that's interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't guess if you asked me how that worked that I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Very cool, guys. This has been a long one because, um, yeah, there's a lot to say. So for, yeah, for episode number 23, this has been delightful. Nylea, God of the Hunt. Um, I also appreciate how on Theros, all of the, the word God is gender neutral. I just think that's kind of neat. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, it's not Goddess of the Hunt. No, she's the God of the Hunt. I like that. I, th- I think that's cool. Anyway, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. As always, this is when I'm going to let you know that I do stream over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhawks42. I'm also on Discord, bopping around. You'll see me there every now and then. And uh, yeah, come check me out. And I'm looking forward to talking with you next time. I'll be back tomorrow. You guys have a great night or day, whenever you're catching this. Later.